Captain Cayman! Greetings, listeners. This is your Captain Michael Cave, and welcome to the Cave Boat, also known as Captain Caveman's Cruise Ship. Have a very special guest aboard the cruise ship today, Alexa Nazaro, based in Canada. Alexa, bienvenue. Thank you very much, Michael. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> All right. Right. Yeah, so welcome aboard. And you and I are going to talk a lot about all things books, I'm thinking, because that's how we met. And I'll just kind of segue into the story here by letting our listeners know just exactly how you and I came into being connected. So my daughter, who's one of the cave triplets, is named Michaela. And somehow I was on Facebook and there's this triplets group, all caps, T-R-I-P-L-E-T-S. And there was somebody that posted about a children's book named Michaela Lincoln. And I saw that and I'm like, well, cool. It was a book called Three Times the Fun. So I reached out to her and I'm like, hey, you wrote a children's book. Uh, I want to write a book and all this other good stuff and get it published. And actually I had written the book and I was like, how'd you go about it? Because why reinvent the wheel? And she told me about you and she told me it was a great experience and to reach out to you. And I did. And the rest is history times two engagements. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. The, the actual book itself paperback the ebook and the audiobook. audiobook which is a new venture for you so we were able to help each other out in that space but so you're the owner of your own company how yeah. about you tell our listeners who you are and what you do for authors and all that fun stuff Sure, of course. So yes, I run my own business. I call it an author services business uh, just because the word publisher is just, it's a word that's thrown around so much these days and it can mean so many different things. But I like author services because I think it clearly explains the relationship I have with authors. They are their own publishers. They are the owner of their own work and they really steer the creative journey, if you will, to get yeah. to publication, but I'm there to help them along the way. So they don't have to spend their weekends reading blogs, <laughs> Facebook groups. I mean, I always see these posts, you know, by people saying, oh no, I just uploaded my file to KDP and now I have all these errors. How can I fix them and all of that? So we, you know, my team and I, what we like to do is we like to take out that big question of how do I get there? We're there to support you so that you can publish a book that looks great and you're out there for everyone to uh, to purchase and to read without doing all of that legwork yourself. Yeah, that was really helpful for me. As a busy father of triplets, I just knew deep down that I didn't have the time to do some of this stuff. Uh, my time is very valuable and I just didn't want to go at it alone. So when I saw your service, and got the recommendation from Michaela. And I just looked at that whole thing, connecting with Michaela is fate. They, they have the same name, it's spelled the same. And she wrote a book about triplets for crying out loud. So to me, if those aren't the most obvious signs possible, then I don't know what else is. But yeah, I needed someone to help me navigate the whole experience and what to look out for. and just somebody that had been there and done that and your mm -hmm. company was exactly what I needed. I liked the fact that I could pick and choose the services that I felt would be most beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. And then it was managed like a project, which was the best part. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was to me the cat's meow with that whole process and you're there to help keep the author accountable and moving and you're a resource. You're a very valuable resource. Plus you have a pretty talented artist on your team who mm -hmm. designs the book covers and who yep. also does all of the font and gives you suggestions and a, a nice back and forth. And you yep. really feel a true part of the process. So bravo on that service offering, but <laughs> you have other services that you offer too. So can you share a little bit about those? Because like you said, I, I took a look at your website recently and it's evolved, which is great. Yeah, and it has evolved. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So one of probably one of the services that that 
that I'm really expanding on a lot is, is something that I call manuscript audits or evaluation. So very often people come with a manuscript and they're like, you know, just tell me, does this, does this have any potential? Am I on the right track? Do I need to do some major reworking? And I find, and it's actually a service that I just kind of started, it just sort of, I don't know, it wasn't really planned. It's funny how sometimes things that aren't planned are the ones that just kind of work out. Yeah. So I just started sharing that with people saying, you know, we can we can do the whole evaluation. I could do the whole audit because I do have a background in creative writing. I, I actually consider myself a writer first and foremost. I did the whole self-publishing thing myself, but my timing was horrible. I decided to <laughs> launch a young adult fiction literally two months before giving birth to my son. And if I had a client who wanted to do that now, I'd say, are, are you crazy? What are you thinking? Launching a book is such a big deal. You can't be giving birth two months later, but that was a situation I found myself in. But I consider myself a writer first and foremost, and I love everything about publication. I like working with different authors across different genre. I think it's really cool. Like your, your story was so unique. You know the, the husband's perspective and of infertility and you and angelique you know journey to having kids i've i've worked with other people on personal memoirs fiction i mean it's always a nice versatile bag but going back to the manuscripts that's really fun for me because i like going into a, a piece and just picking out what are the strengths what are the weaknesses and i just started offering that for a few people and then i realized well maybe you know people aren't ready to jump into a full manuscript evaluation. So I'll do like an express, I'll do 10, 25 pages. And most people are open to that because it's a scary step. You know, do you really want to know if your manuscript, I mean, you would in theory, well, of course, why wouldn't I want to know? But it's, it's a huge leap to pass on those, that manuscript. So 10 pages is something I find people they find it more manageable, so they're willing to take that leap. So there's that, and and then there's audiobooks. Definitely doing um, expanding on that more. You were uh, you were my first audiobook, Michael. So that was that was really it was it was. We learned a lot, didn't we? We all learned a lot about that process. Yeah. And I'm currently working on a children's audiobook as well as uh, as well as another audiobook in, in nonfiction. So it's something that I'm, I'm slowly expanding on because the audiobook market is growing. It's just growing. A lot of busy people, they don't necessarily have time to sit with a book, so they'll listen to a book while they're driving or whatever, they're during their commute. So, mm -hmm. and on the marketing end, there are other things that I'm expanding on podcast outreach doing some visibility campaigns and social media. We're starting to do more and more of that because publishing is the first step. So let's unpack and get you into the stateroom you're gonna be staying in uh, aboard the cruise ship here. And by the way, uh, I got you an ocean view stateroom so you can enjoy the view. You know, we're, we're gonna stop at a few ports of calls here on this chat journey. But in terms of your feedback, what was interesting for me, and this is why I don't recommend anybody pursuing a book, go at it alone. You need somebody in their corner. So you were in my corner for sure. And I needed somebody that was gonna be honest about the content because I have a good memory. I like to write. I loved creative writing in high school. And uh, as you can tell, like I've got a blog that I maintain about the triplets. I've got the book. I've got this podcast now, which has yeah. been extremely fun. But you gave me some feedback that I had to incorporate into the book about just giving my wife some character, some context. And that was, I think, the best advice I got because it set the stage for the rest of the book, which was a lot about her, but also a lot about me and then a lot about we. And yeah. giving her that context, I think, really set it over the top early on in the book because it got people comfortable with her the person. And then so there's her the person, then there's her the wounded person. And then it's her, the hero, that pulled off this incredible feat of <laughs> carrying triplets, these beautiful blessings that we have, this triple blessing, and living to tell the story. Because I'll be honest with you, it almost killed her. It really did. Yeah. But giving her that context was like, all right, who is she? Well, that's why I brought in the cats. And I described the cats because it was like, that was 
the first time when I met her, when we were dating, that I saw just how nurturing she was. Mm, I remember just how that much, yeah, place. just how much love she had to give. But I had to have something to give her some context. And it's like, well, she's all about love. And her, until she had kids, she expressed her love through her animals. They were her babies. Yeah. And when I first met her, I remember her saying, yeah, I have three kids. I'm like, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> but then I see these three cats and I see how she was with them. And then we started losing them. And I saw it just took a little piece of her heart after every loss. Yeah. And then she had nothing as we were like pretty much in the middle of the infertility journey. And then we got the, the toy poodle and he was kind of like a surrogate. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, we lost him, like literally lost him oh. out in the wild and the elements. And it was a real sad story behind that. But he was the bridge until we got Gigi the cat. And now Gigi's kind of interesting because now we've got these three six-year-olds running around. And Gigi, we rarely see her, but when we do, they're, <laughs> they're asleep. So she's gotten smart and she comes out when they're asleep and she gets her cuddle time in with mom, she yeah. lays on her and it's like, but when the kids were baking in Angelique's womb, Gigi was right next to her. She was her companion yeah. in that lonely yeah. isolation time where she's in a room, she couldn't move, set to go right. to the bathroom and it's just all full circle. So just the, her ability to nurture and your feedback about, you gotta give her an identity in this book. It's yeah. like, and yeah. I was obviously open to feedback and yes. I, I took some time to put that on paper and boom, mm -hmm. we got it into the book. But I think the <laughs> audiobook experience was equally as fun as just the book experience because we all had lessons learned from going through the book experience. It's like mm -hmm. you, you, you get out what you put in, you really do. So you, you put in the yeah. time, you're responsive, uh, yeah. it moves along. If you kind of yes. idle, the ideas can get lost and yeah. it's just, it's not fair to either side really. So, right. but the audiobook was fun to narrate. It really was. And Noah did an awesome job on editing the audio. It sounds amazing and if you haven't picked up the audiobook yet please do it's it's a really fun listen and it really puts the words on a page in a different context it really does but that is a grueling process i mean the acx's audio checks those yeah. standards they're high they are very high and i um it's funny because I think with audiobooks, it's it's one of those things where you feel, you know, I, I'm working with another author now and, you know, he's all set up and whatever. But then when he starts recording, he doesn't realize, oh, just how nitpicky they are. And oh, it, it's when we record our own voice, we're not always aware of, of all of those little sounds and things that are picked up. So it was a nitpicky process. But I do have to say that even even though we had to do some, you know, some sound magic for you. I mean, Noah and I both agreed you, you, it, you got what you got really was also just, it was quiet around you. Yeah. So it yeah. might seem, it might seem, but so much noise can get picked up from Mike. So we were really happy about that. It was just more, some little things, but yes, it was a long book. So there were a lot of those little things, but we did it. It was fun. It was really, really fun. And just re-recording and when I heard the finished product I was just like wow that sounds really good so that's, good. I, that's I, what it needs to be yeah I encourage people to, to take a listen it launched on February 8th but outside of that just I hope what you get from this conversation is the importance of knowing your limits and knowing when to, mm -hmm. to seek help because there yeah. are people that are professionals that have a brand that can help you out and it's a it's a pretty fair cost in my opinion for what you're getting and you have from what i've seen the, the evolution you have now bundles like that pick and choose that pick yeah. and choose is, is really important because it, it is intimidating yeah. getting some feedback from somebody on your your product and i was right. afraid to to look at the feedback initially and then it was like oh this is not bad a lot of it's actionable and yes. i just rolled with it because it was like i want to put the best in product out there and what really roped me in as far as being willing to subscribe to your services was your motto is a great motto <laughs> we won't let you publish crap <laughs> oh my gosh it's unbelievable you know that whole motto it's ridiculous how i came up with it it wasn't like this big brainstorming session i think it was just when i launched my business and i don't know i was talking to my husband maybe and I said to him, I have to come up with like a tagline, a really good tagline. It reinforces my brand. And then as in jest, I, I literally, as a joke, I said, oh, maybe I should just say, we won't let you publish crap. 
And then he just kind of looked at me and I looked at him and we both knew maybe that's the one that we should go for. And it sounds funny, but so many people have a reaction to it, which is good. I'm not complaining, but it definitely elicits a reaction. Yeah, that's what we needed as far as uh, something to give you that comfort level as far as, all right, I'm gonna allow myself to be vulnerable and make the call, yeah. have the initial consultation because nobody wants to put out crap. And no, yeah, no. Indie, indie authors, I guess that's what we're called. I think too many people try to go at it alone and then you get right. this inferior product that doesn't right. that doesn't meet the mark. I mean, for me, it's an amazing cover. It's in yeah. black and white. It's, yeah, it's really nice. Very symbolic, but I don't have that skill set to do that. Right. And I don't have well, the time to do that. Well, this is just it. I mean, I'm always really honest with, with authors, Michael. I always tell them, look, I don't have this secret sauce. You know, I haven't, I don't have this secret formula that nobody else has access to. What I have is I have expertise. I've got a team that can get it done and you can just go on with your life and you know it'll be done properly. Because I do find, especially in the writer's world, there, there are a lot of grumpy writers out there. I don't know if you hear them much on so You know, the ones who say you shouldn't have to pay for anything. There's no reason why you should pay more than $50 for a book cover or a website. I see so many writers telling each other, just do it yourself. Just get a WordPress theme and whatever. And nine times out of 10, I'll go and look at these websites and I hate to say it, but they're kind of crap yeah. and the covers are kind of crap. And I'm just thinking there's no reason why anyone in 2021 should be putting out anything mediocre, but you just, you know what? You did it all yourself. You saved a bunch of money, but look what you're left with. So that's the thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have writers who have full-time jobs like you. You were a busy father of three with a job going, you know, just going about your daily life and you were able to do it. And I have other clients too. They're, they're able to go about their lives and they have a team taking care of stuff. So this is what I always like to reinforce when people say, oh, but you know, I can do it on my own. And you can, you absolutely can, but maybe you don't want to. <laughs> en français, je suis d'accord. So in French, I am in complete agreement. I really am. I mean, I can't stress enough, going at it alone has consequences. And some people are, I don't want to call them cheap or penny pinchers, but you get what you pay for and you get what you don't pay for. And yes. in terms of a book cover, you know, the yeah. book cover to me, that is something that rope, ropes people in. And I'm not uh, in the space of a, a New York Times bestseller, but I am proud of the product that was oh, put out yeah. there in terms oh, of yeah. the audiobook, in terms of book itself and the ebook. It's like, there's a lot that goes into formatting and oh, yeah. just aesthetics, look and feel. It's something where you have to put together some options to review. And if you're trying to save a buck, good luck. I mean, that's just not the way to go about <laughs> it. And I, I didn't use your marketing services or anything mm -hmm. like that, but uh, I do like marketing. I am trying some things to mm -hmm. get some traction, but you offer everything, either whether it's the marketing, the websites, and how yeah. to, if you're going to get on the radio and talk about your book, you offer it all. And yeah. basically you're a, a, a coach as well. And that's what new, new authors need. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in terms of the marketing, you know, one of the things that I always tell authors is, especially with the marketing, I find there are certain things, you know, you can do it by yourself and by all means go for it. But what I find a lot of authors lack is they lack the consistency just because, I mean, we're people, right? And every author goes through what I call the honeymoon stage. You know, it's the first you're launching the book. Everyone's buying it. They're all high-fiving you, telling you how awesome you are for getting the book out. And you do. And it's a wonderful, validating experience. And every author deserves that. Don't get me wrong. But then... Oh, now, okay, now my immediate network, the FNFs, as I call them, the family and friends, they've all bought their copy. And now it's like three months in, maybe usually it's about two to three months where you're on a high. Like, oh, first of all, you're, you're excited. You're so happy it's over, right? Oh, I have the book. It's done. I don't have to go through this anymore. And then everyone's buying it. Everyone's talking about how inspirational I am and how great the book is. And that could all be very, you know, but then that well of contacts and readers runs out and then it's hard michael i mean i you know i always cringe when i see often like coaches and people like me saying let's get you to the top of the bestseller let's do this at the end of the day 
there's really no quick fix for marketing. There's no rocket that's just going to launch you to the top of any list. It takes a lot of work. And that's where a lot of us just fall off the bandwagon a bit. We just kind of lose that momentum because life gets in the way. And that's really what I find makes marketing so valuable. But most of my authors, they like to pick and choose. So they'll say, you know, Alexa, I'm really comfortable with Facebook, but I'd like to get on podcasts like yours. How do I get on podcasts? Well, that takes so much research because you don't want to just spray and pray. You want to really target the right ones. So that takes a lot of work. And with marketing, it's just, that's why even when authors, they'll frequently ask me, well, what are the results of your authors? And I'll just tell them, look, I have some authors that are doing really well, but I can also tell you it didn't happen overnight. Like even with Michaela, you know, she started that blog with the triplets and she, you know, we came up with the idea of inviting different multiple parents, parents of multiples, I think is the word. And she started featuring them, but it took quite a few months for that to start gaining traction. So had she just done it for a couple of months and given up, well, she would have, it would have just been over, you know, but it's the consistency that so many authors, even, you know, despite their best intentions, it's tough to be consistent in anything. I mean, for me, what I'm noticing is, yeah, you could get frustrated about the sales, but I just focus on the reality that I didn't do it for the sales. I did it for the story and inspire people. And yeah, it'd be nice if Ellen DeGeneres or Oprah Winfrey or Stephen Curry got wind of the book and then it went viral. But that's not causing me to lose any sleep. It's just you have to try different flavors of marketing and and arrive at what works for your brand. And that's kind of what I'm doing. But I am enjoying the podcasting. I'm inviting a variety of different guests aboard the cruise ship and we're having a great old time talking and it's mutually beneficial. I mean, I like to talk and uh, (laughs) I'm gaining rich insights about people and Mm -hmm. it's a platform to, to talk about things. And I know I've talked to several people already that have a book in them. And I'm like, well, if you have a, if you have a book in yourself, then do yourself a favor and get somebody to help you get it across the finish line. Because some people have a book in them and they write it, but they never put it out there. And sometimes you have to get some eyes and ears in front of it to know whether it's even worth putting out there. Yep. I totally, totally agree with that. yeah. Yeah. So everything you're saying is definitely solid gold. But for me, it was a, an absolute pleasure working with both you and Noah. And I, especially on the audiobook, because there were a lot of adjustments that needed to be made as far as getting a quiet environment. I mean, I have triplets <laughs> for crying out loud. So sometimes I'd be recording here at the house and you'd hear the chime on the alarm go off because they got home from school or they're going in and out. And it's like, wow, wow, yeah. wow, wow. But yes, once that end product came in, it was like, this is really special. And then we had, at one point, we tried to pursue the, the donor, the actual egg yes. donor. And that didn't work right. out because they had recorded it in a a room at the hotel room. They were actually back in California. Go figure doing another egg donation. They unretired. I don't know if yes. I shared that with you. Yeah, but it was just the audio just missed the mark. And it's like, all right, she got busy. So we ended up hiring a, a narrator. Yeah. And that was awesome because it yeah. was like everything, all the audio checks were just a part of the package. Yeah. Of course, exactly. Well, that's what it is. These professional narrators, they, well, if they're professional, professional, they they have their in-home studios like Sen, you know, who narrated your forward. I mean, you know, she has this totally equipped uh, in-home studio. So I was, uh, I was confident that we would, that we would like her, um, the output. (laughs) And yeah, I appreciate that recommendation. It was just Angelique, my wife, she listened to it and got a little choked up because it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's really just so you know, for her, it's really hard for her having gone through what she went through with the whole infertility struggle for seven and a half years to look back. For me, I can do it because I feel I have a calling as kind of the husband ambassador in the equation to Uh look out for those that are in the thick of their journey or just starting out and don't know anything. I'm an ambassador slash mentor on a Mm -hmm. platform that's based out of the UK. They have an app. It's like Mighty Networks and it's, I think it's Fertility Hub is what the platform is. It's great. And I just monitor what people are saying and I chime in and I use it to 
get people in front of the story via direct message because I there's rules I can't just I've, I've, I've been burned by this already you know it's, it's, it's kind of a, a learning process where you blast it out there and then people get offended or whatever and it's like hey you violated the rules don't do that it's Aww. like okay fine 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 but I guess I got so excited but Anyway, I use the connections that I make with those people to get them looking at the book or looking at the audiobook. And it's just like, mm -hmm. take it or leave it, but the story's yeah. there. Like a lot of these right. people, for example, have husbands that don't communicate. Right, yeah. And the, the wife's like starved for insights into, is there somebody out there that gets it? Well, guess what? You're on a cruise ship with them. <laughs> That's me, Captain <laughs> Caveman. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm just having an absolute blast with having two pieces of intellectual property out there. And I think it's important mm -hmm. to call that out. This is something where nobody can take that away from me. It's yes. out there for perpetuity. Long after I'm gone, it'll be out there. And yes. my kids, as far as I'm concerned, are famous. It was <laughs> funny because there's a community in the United States, a neighborhood community. It's a platform on the internet called Nextdoor. And yeah. I've posted things like, hey, I'm, I'm on this next door platform and my name is michael and i have triplets and you might have seen them running around the neighborhood making a bunch of noise if you have i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry but one person saw i posted the the book out there and i actually got a sale as a result of that cool. because she's yeah. like oh your triplets are in the same class as my son and one of your daughters has a crush on my son i'm like oh yeah that's michaela <laughs> but she bought the book and she was like holy crap i had no idea yeah so it's kind of yeah. cool that they're they're famous in that regard that i don't know eventually somebody's gonna see them around town and they're gonna see me yeah. around town and be like you're that author yeah yeah for sure but you know you bring something up when you talk about the passion it, it, it's it you're passionate about your book and it sounds like a cliche and it sounds overly simplistic, but you have to be doing this, meaning publishing a book for something deeper than just, I want to see my book up there on Amazon. You know, there, there, there has to be a deeper calling. I really believe that whether you're writing fiction and you feel like your characters can connect with people, whether it's a deeply personal story there, that personal connection, that personal calling, that drive, that hunger to connect with readers. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it, it's something that moves you forward. And it's not just about how many sales. It really is about that journey of sharing the book. So I feel that you emanate that through and through, Michael. You really do. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. Tu es très gentil. You're very nice. You're so kind. I'm, we're going to do the translation on the fly. So you are in... Uh, Canada and you're in the yeah. French speaking part of Canada. So Yeah. Okay. I'm in Montreal. 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 Cool. Montreal. Yeah. I do have it on the bucket list to visit Canada and I, I do want to do that because I've always been drawn to foreign languages and what's mm -hmm. cool about it is that Emma, my middle daughter, uh, seems to have the same kind of ear where she's she was cool. the first to really talk and she's always been able to talk very clearly and she seems to gravitate towards foreign languages like my mother-in-law speaks fluent spanish she uh okay. spent a lot of time in guatemala so uh, okay. emma seems to want to learn a foreign language because she's like well, how do you how do you speak that language i'm like i just yeah. have a, I just have an ear for it but i do like french i i, I practice every day on the duolingo app I have oh, like right now. Know that. Yeah. Wow, so you really want to keep that up? That's great. I do. I, I practice every day. I have a 342 day streak going. So that's direct nice. correlation with the pandemic. You know, when the pandemic <laughs> hit, it's like, okay, so what are the positives that I could take away from this? Mm. The first was, all right, use the time to perfect my craft as far as marketing and brand yeah. management and recognition. But then I said, I have all this time now, but why don't I narrate? an audiobook mm -hmm. or why don't I pursue that because it seems like that's another market and it sure mm -hmm. is because some people like you had indicated early on in our voyage here like to listen they don't necessarily yeah. like to read and I've never been a big reader but I did do a lot of audiobooks on uh, ancient Egyptian history I think the Facebook effect I listened to that audiobook so mm -hmm. there's a, a listener and while the sales aren't there yet, it's not about the sales, it's about getting people exposed to the story because it's a tremendous story. But yeah. getting back to the whole pandemic and 342 days of Duolingo, I do French. I, I also am learning Spanish. 
when I can, a little bit of Italian, a little bit of Dutch, a oh. little bit of Russian. Oh, prego, prego. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, my yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm half Italian, and I actually speak Italian to my kids. So uh, so we can always do some Italian too, Michael. <laughs> well, give give me a couple of months to get caught up because uh, Duolingo. I, gotcha. Yeah, I, I tend to stay in the French spot. But what I've done now, just so you know, is I've got it to where when I'm listening to it. I don't even need to tap on any of the guys. I just know what they're saying and I laugh Ooh. at the jokes. There's a lot of funny jokes in the stories in Duolingo nice. and some of the foreign languages in Duolingo actually have more content. So mm -hmm. like there's a story tab for French, for Spanish, and uh, even for German, but not for Dutch, not for Russian, not for Italiano. But yeah. Italiano's cool. So your name in Italiano sounds pretty cool. Alexa Nazaro. Nazaro, Nazaro, that two Zs, it's like a harsh Z, you gotta really emphasize that, yes. Right, so so you've got the Piazza, Fortes, that kind of stuff, yeah. cool, cool. Absolutely, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that is fascinating, but I, I do like French, it's it's like, but I, I'm realizing that I probably should pursue a foreign language that I could actually put the use more than French, just because, but this, this whole pandemic has allowed me to kind of settle in on a couple of things, A, the importance of family, spending so yeah. much more time around the family, despite all the distractions and all the re-records I had to do because somebody would come <laughs> home. But that, and then just really getting in touch with what my passions are and what they could be Great. and should be. And connecting with people during this pandemic is why you're seeing, if you looked at my podcast inventory, so many episodes popping up. I'm just on an absolute yeah. tear in 2021. 2020 was good, but 2021 yeah. is gonna be even better because I'm evolving and I'm-, yes. I'm it's just, if you look at the diversity, it's like some people initially are like, why do you want to have me on your podcast? I'm looking at your guests and some of them are CEOs and presidents. And it's There's like, a big variety. So that's variety is the spice of life, right? And yes, absolutely. At the end of the day, we're all people and we've all been touched yeah. by this pandemic. And it's mm -hmm. a platform. It's a platform to talk about life, to talk about services like this, great services, by the way, and to talk about experiences so let's let's just dive into that let's go into deep waters on the experience so what was it like for you working with me i know you touched on it initially but just from start to finish the entire engagement just walk me through that whole experience so you want to you want me to explain how a project evolves or how it was working with you i just want to make sure i both, understand both because okay. we're gonna have some people that might be sending you an email after listening to this podcast sure. because they want to stick that toe in and they're like, well, yeah. let, let me let me have that complimentary consultation first. And sure. basically, what can I expect? Because some people might have their manuscript yeah. on paper, not necessarily yeah. typed up. And some people might just say, you know what? Screw the manuscript. I just want to do the audiobook, And here's why. Oh. Yes. I've, I've listened to Michael's. Uh, I, I, I want to outdo them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, so how does it work? So when people reach out to me at first, they're usually at different spots. Most of them have a manuscript of some kind. So for instance, you know, when you and I first got on that call, I remember that call. I remember it because I just remember how personal it was. And I remember how forthcoming you were about not just your manuscript, but the whole journey behind the manuscript, the deeply personal story behind it. So that's really nice when you feel that someone is willing to be vulnerable, even though it's a professional encounter in a professional context, it really allowed me to immediately connect with your story and really care about it. And I have to say that that's kind of important for me. I don't have to necessarily to be a fan of every genre that I work with, but I want to care about that person's book and I want to connect with it enough where I feel like, yes, I, I want this book to find readers. I want this story to connect with readers. So, you know, we have an initial consultation. They tell me a little bit where they're at. I give them a bit of an overview. Based on that, then of course, I would go through the whole proposal where we look at the different services. I mean, the classic, the standard, usually what authors want is they just want the full the full package basically take me to amazon that's what a lot of authors will say i i don't know what you need to do but i just want my book on amazon that's that's the that's the current equivalent of being published is i want to see my book on amazon so i mean what's involved in that well you've got cover design you've got editing manuscript audit whatever stage you know whatever care the manuscript needs to get to that point 
then you need interior layout. So it's not just about plopping your book into like a Microsoft Word document. It's really looking at different fonts. I mean, I've learned so much about typography over these last few years. I mean, typography is fun. There's so many possibilities and you can go with elegant. You, you know, you want to make sure that you pick fonts that make sense for your book because fonts have characters. They, they have their own characters. So, the, you know, typography, laying out your book, coming up with the synopsis for the back cover. How can you sum up your book? Which is honestly, sometimes one of the toughest parts is just, okay, you've got this 80,000 word manuscript, let's say, and how do you just shrink all of that into like 150 words that gives just enough away, but not the whole story. So there's that, there's the author bio, it's getting your ISBN. So there are more formal processes like that. So you've got your number on that barcode on your back cover, setting you up coming up with appropriate categories for your book. So all of those steps, they all culminate into launching your book so that your book is on Amazon, let's say, or your ebook formatting so that your ebook is available on, you know, on iBooks, on Kobo and, and all of that. So that's an overview of, of what is required. A very simplified, but, but it gives you an idea. <laughs> yeah. And like I had warned our listeners, there's a lot involved in publishing a book. I got a whiff of it and I'm like, no, I need some help on this and mm -hmm. I need to find someone that I can connect with. And that's why it was so important when we had that initial conversation and consultation to allow myself to be vulnerable, to share the, yeah. the details of the story with you, because I wanted to see how it impacted you. Yeah. Because it is a two way street. It's like, it's yeah. no different than yes. somebody representing a client and then they, they have a choice whether they want to represent that client. And I've, I've met people and connected with people that don't want their name associated with something if it's not going to have a chance at being successful. Yes. So I think you were interviewing me just as much as I was interviewing you is what the reality of the situation was. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, I remember just a little side anecdote. I remember a couple of years ago, I actually started working with a, with a client and she was in a rush, you know, she just had to get this book out. So I remember she signed a contract within like a week and I thought, oh, this is amazing. I, I barely had to do any work to get the client, you know, she just signed the contract because she's in a rush. She's in a rush, right? So I saw that as, oh, I'm saving some time and I've got a client and it, it was not the easiest journey to be honest with you. And the big lesson I learned there is, no, this is an investment and this, you know, I'm not just printing business cards for you. This is a journey that will take several months and we gotta click somehow, you know, it's, it's hard for me. It's almost, I guess, in a way like dating, like you either connect with someone or you don't. And if you don't connect, it's, it's just not going to be as fun. It really needs to be fun for both parties. It really does. Yeah, I remember balancing work with uh, my home life, which is obviously I put on a hat, parent of triplets and finding the time. I mean, it was fairly easy to find the time to write the book. However, with what I had, I knew that after talking with you, I needed more content. I needed to shape it in a certain way because I could have had even more chapters. And people yeah. are like, my mom always asked me, are you going to write another book? It's like, why would I do that? Why would I write another book? I have the content. It, it could be like mm -hmm. triple blessing to T-O-O -O, uh, colon <laughs> blessings of mass distraction and destruction. The early that years. That is awesome. That is a great title. You got to go with that, Michael. That, that's like three quarters of the job right there for sure. Well, find well you me know what they publisher. do say is that they do say that. And I, I don't just say this. Sometimes I'm always worried that authors will consider, oh, she's just saying that because she wants to do another book with me. But in all honesty, having more than one book is really not a bad idea. That's all I'm saying. No pressure. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a lot of content. And yeah, I could write one, but I would I would rather be in a situation where I like took a year off from work and didn't have to worry about money and could just be in like Lake Tahoe, one of my favorite places where the creativity <laughs> could flow out of me. But that would imply kind of selling uh, the the story to a, a major publisher that would give you the seed money to do something like that. Because people are like, you should do it. You should do it. You're a pretty yeah. good writer. It's like, well, thank yeah. you. Merci. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just not in the cards right now. I mean, I, I plan on retiring 
in maybe 18 years time, 19 years time. And maybe after I retire, you know, when you retire listeners, it's important to stay busy, to keep your mind active. So I don't want to be one of those folks that retires and ends up going back to work because they were so bored. They couldn't find creative outlets to stay active, stay busy, both physically and mentally. I think that's important. So maybe I will do a lot of writing after I'm done. But just so you know, Alexa, I actually wrote a children's book as a homework assignment in like, I think it was sixth grade. And I was back in uh, Norfolk, Virginia last or two weeks ago. And I was looking for that book because I wrote it and I actually had a cover. It was called Mrs. Sam's Giant Tomato Plant. And it was a story that I wrote. It was really a procrastination on my part that ended up being a pretty decent children's book where there was this plant and person had it in a house and they had it by the window, the kitchen sink, and it had just the right conditions to just become like this Jack and the Beanstalk giant tomato plant. Oh my God, that is so cool. Couldn't find it. Oh no. Couldn't find it. So I don't know what happened to that book, but I know that (sighs) my mom has it and I really want it. If you're listening, mom, give me that book because that's a children's book. That might be a bestseller, but it, it it was good. It was really good. Oh, well, you have a good memory. Can you just remember what the story was? Because that sounds so enthralling. I have to say children's books are some of my favorite projects. They are so much fun to do. They are a lot of work though. Like it's incredible. Even children's write, you know, they look at the manuscript. It's so short. It doesn't take much to write it, but oh my goodness. When you have so few words and you have to really make every word counts, every page counts, every scene counts. It's honestly, it's grueling, but it's so rewarding. Children's books are so much fun. Yeah, that's why I wanted to do this podcast because you are in the industry, you have navigated some things, you have some tried and true best practices. You do a newsletter, which I think is very interesting for your former clients and prospective clients. And it's just, it's content that's out there for consumption, but I want people to know that there's a lot that goes into producing a, a work product like this and whether it's an audiobook or there's an ebook or a website or you're, you're trying to get in front of news media outlets and stuff yeah. you need a coach and you need to understand that it doesn't pay to to cut corners and it's it's really is an investment and i told several people about your company i don't know if any of them have contacted you but uh, you are a legitimate partner and I want our listeners to know that I really enjoyed the experience with you and Noah and his flexibility and willingness to take on the projects that were put in front of him because it was Mm -hmm. like I had no interest in doing those things it would be like see quality work at best and it's just not fair to the story it's not fair to the brand and i've learned a lot about through this experience brand management and marketing and how you really shouldn't get frustrated i mean it's really hard to sell 100 books it really is it really is isn't it like it's just and i find in the in the publishing industry in my industry there's still so much hype i find there's still so much about you know churn out that book in 90 days you know we'll set up a formula you'll get it done then we're going to get the cover we can put two stock photos in there and it's just this rush to the finish line with so much talk about glory when really let's just do those little steps and you do them every day. It's like Michaela with that blog, you know, you do it every day and little by little things can happen, but you have to be in it for the long haul. You really do. Yes, I am in it for the long haul, mainly because I have very unique perspectives and I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for those. I I have, I think the emotional strength and um, the emotional intelligence to look back at a rather painful journey it wasn't just painful for my wife it was painful for me too yes i mean look at that chapter the helpless husband that was i think a really fun chapter to write but uh pretty painful to reflect on all those failures before we got to sniff success but being a resource and a mentor for husbands and even wives i mean i have insights that people thought were reserved for only women but 
here I am where I'm like right there. I was my wife's emotional surrogate where I was yeah. doing the thinking for her. She was literally a zombie. So yeah. that's what's so powerful about the story. And then when you, you have it in my own voice as a narrator, maybe that's something that I'll get into after I retire narration. But that's a daunting thing because the people that are putting their work out there have standards you're interviewing. You have to get good at audio quality editing and stuff. And yes, like it's not easy. No. But you have a good voice, Michael. You honestly do have a good voice. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, you do. But not every, because most of us think like that's what it is with recording an audiobook. Well, I can speak. I know, I know my book well enough. And it's just, it's so, it's just not that simple. It's really not. Yeah. I remember when we had my wife, Angelique, read the forward and she was thinking, yeah, I could do this. And she just started. Well, crap, I don't like the sound of my own voice, first and foremost. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. She starts, <laughs> she starts messing up, and then she's just, like, laughing, and she's a snorter, so she laughs, and she snorts, and then it's just this hot mess of a recording. <laughs> and then she was low energy because she started getting sad. Yeah. Story and stuff, and I was like, yeah, thank you for your time. However, we're going to go get sin, sin. It's like, yeah, Sin was great. She was great. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah this was an amazing conversation we're gonna dock the boat here shortly but sure. one of the things i ask alexa my people that come on the boat my cruise ship uh, voyagers is words of wisdom so what are some words of wisdom you want to impart i know i ask really deep stuff on these cruises but what are yeah. some words of wisdom it could be advice for prospective authors Okay. advice for people that have written something that want to work with somebody if you want it to be a sales pitch your call if you want to just speak from the heart your call so what are some words of wisdom for our listeners i would i think probably the most important thing and this is what i alluded to earlier was really believe in your story and everything you write you have to see it as a story and that's not just in terms of structure you know so for instance when i was giving you the the, the whole advice about angelique what i was really saying was i wanted to know more about her humanize her and humanizing really comes back to story and that's what we all connect to so everything is a story whether it's how you write your book if you're able to connect with the story but even moving forward don't think so much about the book think about the story behind the book i don't know if that's clear but it's it's the story that will that you connect with and other people will connect with it's it's all the story it's not my book although yes technically it is my book but it's my story and there's a story in every book however structured and formal versus fiction there's a story there and people have to connect with that Right. right. <laughs> well, very powerful words and timely because I was thinking about that myself. It's like I always want to have a catchy title for these episodes, but at the end of the day, it ends up coming to me either during the podcast or after. Very rarely is it right before because it's like you'll know after you get through this the content with yeah. the the person that you're person. hopping aboard with and again thank you for those words of wisdom pleasure having you aboard hope you enjoyed the voyage on the high seas as much as i did and i hope that you share this with uh, your prospective clients far and wide because i think we've come up with something that's going to be very beneficial to uh, aspiring authors and people that might want to jump into the audiobook world and mm -hmm. see what that's all about because I had no idea to be honest with you that it's not just about the book there's right. distribution channels that you have to yes. assess there's oh, yeah. keywords there's price points and there's yeah. uh, just, it's about the long view, not the short view. The short view, no. I had the same thing that you were talking about where out the gate, the sales were like, whoa, and then it just tapered yeah. off. And now I'm hitting months where there are no sales. And it's mm -hmm. like, eh. I have to look yeah. at, I have to reflect and look at, okay, what was going on? But I, mm -hmm. I, I am consistent. I'm posting about the book. It's a That's take great. it or leave it kind of approach, but mm -hmm. there's so much that goes into it. I mean, marketing is not easy. It's tricky oh, and no. you have to try some things and you can't yes. just rely on Amazon and their marketing tools. 
no. It's a big world we live in. There's. It is a big world. And just one yeah. last little thing about marketing is do what makes sense for you. So I have clients who have no interest in social media just because, and I know everyone says, well, you have to be on social media, but you know what? If you'd rather just focus on podcasts, then do that because you're going to enjoy it more. It will show more. It will, you will be at your best. Don't try to be something you aren't. So I always tell people, don't, don't try to be everywhere. You don't have to be on four or five social media platforms you really like Facebook just leverage the heck out of Facebook that's going to be worth so much more than starting an account here an account there and then all of a sudden there's been no activity for weeks or months or years yeah and <laughs> it's a lot to manage it really is I mean yes. I have a Twitter handle I have an Instagram handle for the triplets proper and then the book proper and I've seen someone uh, that had both like I did uh, Instagram handles and they abandoned the book one and I'm like all right I get it you don't even need to explain why because it takes yeah. a lot of work to maintain all the yeah. different channels that you put out there so exactly. I, I I like that marketing advice Alexa it is really 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 very timely and yes. just it's frustrating sometimes and you, you can't mm. get discouraged it's like you can't get discouraged focus you on the can't. positives it's Absolutely. out there and, and there's so much out there now for indie authors. You know, you can, like you were saying, you know, you try one thing, you can try a couple of things. And if something doesn't work, but something else is, and this podcast, you're enjoying yourself. It's clear that you're really loving this, Michael. So keep at it. Or maybe, you know, maybe we should talk about pitching you to other podcasts. There's there's a whole world of podcasts out there, Michael. There really yes. is. I would love that. I would actually love that. I haven't been right. hosted yet. So I would love to be hosted i really would love to be hosted now that you oh, mentioned then we it. have to look into that we'll but talk I, about I, that we'll make it a yeah. separate conversation <laughs> i am enjoying this for sure because it, it gives me a chance to be comfortable in my own skin like yeah. you were alluding to it's like do what works for you i, I think yeah. i've had that commitment this whole book and audio book and ebook journey it's like look i know who i am i know what i can do and mm -hmm. it's about getting better and better and better and yeah reaching more people but for the right reasons not the the wrong reasons it's, it's no. not a, it's not about the money it's about maybe i could get somebody by them reading my book on a path that works for them i, I know i've yeah. had a couple of talks with people about that they're like wow i just don't know where this is gonna go i'm like well my book will show you just how deep the rabbit hole can go and then yeah. they, they read the synopsis and they're like holy crap yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And then yeah. they start thinking, but they've got a husband that's on the fence about something like egg or sperm donation. That's a very personal yes. choice. But yes, I get into all of that in the book. I get into all yes. of that and I'm keeping it real with folks. So yeah. I, you as uh, the president of this company, the founder, you're keeping it real with your prospective clients. You're not going to tell them what they want to hear. You're going to tell them what they need to hear. And I think yeah. that that is the best service that you can provide. So yeah. thank you for doing what you do. Again, pleasure <laughs> working with you on the book and the audio book. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking in the future because that's just what we do. Now that you know that I speak French and that you yes. speak French and that I am learning Italiano when I can. Yes, yes. We were going to be able to speak and we can practice all sorts of different languages. It would be really fun. But thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really fun. Thank you. De rien. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. Avec plaisir. Okay, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we have docked the cruise ship and uh, Alexa will disembark. Captain Caveman, out. <laughs>